You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. We are back for another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. This is episode 33. Hey, 33. nice. It's, it's September now, and it feels like it feels like hockey season's kind of on us. So maybe this is the point where we just say we're on to season two, and we leave season one behind us. But we really finished out season one, I guess, pretty strong. I want to take a quick minute to thank all the listeners you guys made august the highest downloaded month for this podcast which is crazy because before that was july it's the fucking off season and y'all are just fucking listening to this it's honestly it's it's amazing it's inspiring and i'm so excited about the uh the upcoming brewing season because this is going to be this is going to be fun guys it's going to be an interesting season to say the least. I'm, I am in the morning I wake up and I'm all confident we're winning the Stanley cup. And by the time I go to sleep, I'm like, we're missing the playoffs <laughs> every day. I, I can't find a middle ground for me right now. I think that's just the off season, man. It's just optimism and pessimism in equal measure. It's- I mean, we're going to get there, but I've been looking at all the other teams, specifically the Atlantic, right? Man, what a weird season this is going to be. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But I'll say that the Atlantic, any four, any four of the top four teams can slot in anywhere. And then after that, the quality just fucking tanks. Well, yeah. I mean, this is one of the topics that we wanted to touch on. Why don't we jump right to it? All right. Who's yeah, the best team in the Atlantic? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the low-hanging fruit, so I'll go first. I I keep trying to convince myself otherwise it's still the lightning man and it's the lightning for one specific reason more so than any other year Vasilevsky just can't be stopped it's just I don't I don't know how to beat the guy I don't know how to beat the guy after he already lost once like his numbers after a loss are insane that team is still built to win they're still incredibly talented but in net they pro- they have the best goalie in the division right now I mean, maybe in the league. Yeah, you maybe can make the league. argument for the league, honestly, with the way that he steps up, specifically in the playoffs, too. Yeah. So I am saying Lightning are the best in the Atlantic. I'll disagree. Go for it. Um, I'm going to say that it's that it's the Panthers. I knew you were going to say that. I but the reason I'm going to say it's the Panthers, <laughs> the reason I'm going to say it's the Panthers is that the Lightning won back-to-back cups in 10 months' time. Mm-hmm. They're going to be defending in a full season. I think we're going to see a dip. And I also think we're going to see a dip because there's a slight downgrade in some of the, in some of the bottom six. 
I mean, it, also their second line is gone. Yeah, their second. Uh, yeah, their second line is. Go- I, I I believe that their second line is not go- is not going to miss a beat really because they're still the clear number two. Let's not get it twisted. The Tampa Bay Lightning are still elite. I just don't think it's as clear cut as that. I think the Panthers got a lot better. I think it goes Panthers, Lightning, Leafs. But I'm not going to give them much more than that. You know, they're the best team. They're the best team in Canada. But that and fifteen dollars is going to get you Jesperi Kokaniemi's signing bonus, <laughs> and then the Bruins. But I don't think the chasm is really deep between one and four. It's going to be a dogfight. This division is going to be a fucking dogfight all season long. I don't Thomas, think what's, what's your team though? Um, I, the Lightning are one until mm-hmm. somebody can knock them off. Oh, it's, it's really that simple for me. Panthers are two. Uh, I think they'll finish within probably five to eight points of the Lightning if things gel for them, if they can show that they're a better team. Uh, three is Boston for me. And then Toronto would be four. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Canadians are falling out. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Detroit hasn't improved much off the cellar but the seller is obviously the Buffalo Sabres. So, yeah, I, I actually There's have one shot at the Sabres. There yeah. you go. I actually have Toronto as number two. Okay. I'm starting to trust their defense a lot more. I think Matthews and Marner continue to just blow expectations out of the water every freaking year. They're still top heavy. I mean, the Bruins know the name of that game. I just, they're going to continue to improve offensively. I think the playoffs thing, the curse continues, but they're going to get past it eventually, right? I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, I, about uh, last year I too. like that Toronto <laughs> team. I think their defense has gotten better. I think their goaltending is a question mark. I think their bottom six is a question mark, but I like that team a lot, especially in an Atlantic where it feels like every team around them got worse and they kind of treaded water. But that's just it. Their goaltending is a huge question mark and their bottom six is a huge question mark. But that's it's been that way for years for them. I think it's a little more pronounced now, especially Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic is is when is the horseshoe going to fall out of the ass of Jack Campbell? And Peter Morazic is both white hot and the streakiest goaltender in the NHL. <laughs> And I said that as being somebody who said, hey, Peter Morazic wouldn't be a bad signing as a placeholder for Tuka Rask. Right. So. Yeah, but then also, like, would would you rather have Freddie Anderson? <laughs> right? Like, Olmark is still a question mark for us. We, we're, we're high on him, but we don't know. Swayman is a, a Carter Hart waiting to happen or a number one that's going to take the job. Like, there's just so many question marks for us in the same position. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Panthers have no goaltending really other than Knight coming into the league and you hope that he is as advertised because Bobrovsky has been terrible. I, Ten this point is why five I million Tampa. dollar paperweight, but yeah. this is why I put Tampa so high is because they have Vasilevsky and everyone yeah. else is looking at their net going, I don't actually know what I have. Yeah. For sure. Ian, I gotta ask you, in the middle of that, you did say you thought the entire division got a little worse. Does that mm-hmm. include the Bruins in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Bruins got worse. No Tuca, no Krejci. There's, I don't think anyone can argue unless we have some some guys who really step up. I, I think we took a little dip. 
And, and obviously hockey is one of those sports where players have hot years, players have down years. Our bottom six got better, mm-hmm. but Krejci is a huge loss. And Tuka yeah. is a huge loss. No matter how good I think Olmark is, Tuka Rask is an elite goaltender. You've been consistent with that though, Ian. You did you did say that I believe which episode was that? I think it was like about two or three episodes ago where you said if you're not including the Boston Bruins as potential disappointment top five disappointments in the NHL, you're fucking insane. I think yeah. that was your exact quote. Yes. And I yeah. stick by that. I am mm-hmm. nervous about this season. It's gonna be really fun and interesting, right? We're gonna have a lot to talk about, but I am nervous because there's a possibility that I mean, there's a possibility we compete for a cup. There's a possibility we miss the playoffs. And that's, you could say that about every team, but not, not like you can the Bruins. This is a really high ceiling, low floor team right now. Well, I guess that depends on whether or not we can fill in the second center hole. Tomas Hurdle, guys. Okay, I knew you were going to go. <laughs> I knew we were just going to jump over there. <laughs> Last night, it came out that he's not happy with um, anything going on in san jose well uh what's the sources here because i didn't see anything concrete just little rumors flitting through twitter i think it was kevin kurz that reported that from the athletic that mm, that's pretty solid hurdle's, right been, there. hurdle's been kind of well i think it, i i think there's enough there to maybe talk about it a little bit like that's definitely a whole i mean charlie coyle is the the spin machine has been coming up now that Charlie Coyle is 100% from the knee surgeries and he's ready to take that next step. But that's not something you can really count on from somebody who is past the age of 25, the yeah. term take the next step, I mean. So Fair. let's yeah. for a second just say that Hurdle is available. What's your framework for a trade? Ooh, so he's got one year left, right? Five five point nine AAV. Okay, so John Moore has to be included just for um, salary. salary sake, yeah. which That's makes right. him more expensive. Hurdle more expensive. Mm-hmm. DeBrusk has to go. Uh, we're probably looking at Vakaninen. Uh, Vakaninen and Beecher, if you want to avoid giving up a first, you might be able to get the deal done with that. Mm. Uh, or take Beecher out, give a first and probably a third or a fourth in there. Yeah. Do you include Stanika in that trade? Yeah. I, it, it's a painful yes. But if we are confident we're going to re-sign Hurdle, I, I'm really high on him. He's 27. He's still got five or six good good years left. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely swing big on that if we think he's the missing piece for us to to get right back to where we were, and me to be able to say this team improved this offseason. <laughs> Thomas, what do you think? I have no problem putting Sednika in that. I think the window for Hurdle maybe maybe slightly less than five or six, maybe it's three or four, uh, just to be more on the fair side, and that also puts us in the window of Marshawn's window, the tail end of Bergeron's window, and. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm fine with that because I think at best, what is Stanika going to be? Is he going to become Hurdle? Like, does he have the talent to become Hurdle's caliber of player? Definitely I don't know that he does. See that. So, so that that's a move. And again, that's still going to be something that fucks up our 
our prospect pool and all that stuff. But if that's, that's a win now move and that's why I'm, I wouldn't be against it. Uh, however, I do think that there are other teams out there that can probably put together a better package than what the Bruins can do. Uh, oh, in terms sure. of prospect Absolutely. and uh, not only a prospect, but also like draft capital, a bottom 10 draft pick. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at like, oh, okay, the Bruins are trading a first, that may be a 23rd to 26th draft pick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's the value of that when the Wild may be able to turn around and say like, hey, we'll take you and it's probably going to be a top 12 draft pick. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's the, that's the scary part and the the idea of sitting here and saying, what would it take? The pessimist in me is just like, it's going to take a lot and I still don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I think we could say that about pretty much every player available. We talked about it with Dvorak. We talk about it with Eichel all the time. It's We're never the team that is going to be able to win out if there's an actual bidding war or easily win out, I should say. So it kind of comes down to how much these other teams value this, uh, this one year. We aren't competing against teams like the Rangers and the Kings for this guy though, because they're still in their rebuilding stage. It'd be weird to give up large assets for hurdle because as you mentioned, he does have three or four years that's not really their time frame. I mean, maybe I guess on the outside of it, at the end of those three years, it is. So you're I, talking I agree. the other teams, the other teams' yeah. time frame. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree that there is. Uh, we can get out outbid pretty easily. I think less teams are in on hurdle that are outside of our position. People that want to take a swing uh, for this year. Yeah. Well, there may be a little bit of a taking him out of the conference might lower the price a little bit, but maybe not enough where, you know, the bidding where, where we can, where we can get on the ground floor of a bidding war. But the, the thing about this, about the sharks is they need to rebuild, but they are getting choked the fuck out right now. Yeah. Carlson burns Vlasic and Kane for now. (laughs) They they need to they need to fill their coffers any way they can. Yeah. So Oh, they're gonna I, make the trade. They're gonna they're, make the trade. No, they're gonna make the, they're, they're gonna make the trade. But if Doug Wilson is smart, he doesn't do it now. He waits till the trade deadline. Trade deadline, yeah. Hurdle doesn't have the cachet like a Jack Eichel to hold a franchise hostage. You just well, that one, yeah, and also the franchise, they, they're going to suck middling this year anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, so is Buffalo, but yeah, I totally agree. that He's just going to kind of skate along. He can stay healthy, kind of stay out of the lineup at times. It's not a big deal. They want to bottom out. This next draft is deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This next draft is deep, but if if Doug Wilson needs to exercise a, exercise a little bit of discretion here just because a player wants out doesn't mean you have to abs- absolutely have to trade him hell this is a contract year for hurdle let him fucking uh extend his value yeah let him play 35 games and look like a rock star on a shit team and then get traded for an absolute ransom is absolutely. it possible though it actually goes the other way is this a shit team and he looks like he's struggling on it and then his value actually bottoms out because all the advanced analytics right now are like we love hurdle give yeah. him 
give them a year uh, or half a year with, oh man, this team looks gross. Yeah. Uh, it's no, that's, a, that's a fair point. Stuff. And I'm sure that's probably contributing to the fact that he wants to jump off that fucking ship right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. One of the things that does scare me, like seeing this pop up online last night and some Bruins fans throwing out some uh, trade possibilities and stuff like that. I guess this can lead into uh, another topic that we have here. Hmm. Uh, I, I just feel like there's a good amount of Bruins fans that, and maybe we're guilty of it too. Do we overvalue some of the prospects we have just because we have so few? <laughs> like, oh, like, it, yeah. like we're you, okay. you say V nine, V nine has to be part of that pros, uh, that that package to get hurdle. Like theoretically, it, is he more valuable to us because we know who the fuck he is, or you know what I mean? Yeah, so for those of you who, who don't know, he's Thomas is referring to Corey Pronman's rankings of the po- prospect pools. Um, and the, he ranked he ranked the Bruins as 29th. So as we said, bottom five in the league. Yeah, I think a lot of that article is really interesting because he did shit over all of our prospects. <laughs> like like all well, of them. Well, well. I well. Would- I wouldn't say that he shit all over the prospects more that I'm hot take here. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying this as a problem with the athletic in recent months slash years, it's terrible journalism because yeah, you know what? We know that they're a bottom five prospect, but we agree. We agree there 100%, but major bet bet hedging major bet hedging yeah i don't i don't know if i'm good i would go as far as saying that it's terrible journalism but they are falling into some of the traps that i thought that they were going to avoid by being the paid subscription and they weren't going to fall into like the lazy writing and stuff and and certainly not everybody is guilty of this but this article came across as a little bit rushed and maybe we're just Jeremy Swayman because, yeah. stealing is that of a backup who could start in a pinch. Yeah. So we agree. A lack of athleticism. I, he does have a lack of athleticism, though. That's correct. That is very correct about him. And I, I'm going to push back a little bit on this because he only chose a few players to hedge bets on. When you're covering so many prospects, because I do like Corey Pronman, I do, I do think he does a good job. And we had this conversation about how it is kind of lazy to hedge your bets with some of these bigger guys. But when you go back and reread it, I realized something about it. And he's doing something somewhat clever, somewhat cheap. When he's hedging those bets where he's saying things along the lines of, well, I wouldn't be surprised if, and then he mentions top six time or whatever. The reason he's doing that and what he's actually telling Bruins fans in this article is, guys, I don't fucking know with you. You have been picking near the back end of the first round, whatever you've been picking, and all of your players with high ceilings also have low floors. I literally don't know. And I think it's actually kind of fair at a certain point, because he only said it with a few guys and the guys that he has a really good feeling that are going to be good and a really good feeling that are going to be bad in his other articles. He's very exact about it. He's absolute. But with a lot of the Bruins players, he's kind of on the edge where he goes, look, you guys have a bunch of guys that like, fuck all, man. Beecher could be a top six center. He could also not break the NHL. 
That's- also somebody who likes his board kind of doesn't deviate very much from that even after draft years. Well, he comes out every year with an article that that is where I was wrong. He does. That is he true. He does. He does do that. I but, just I mean, think it reflects really well on what our opinion of our prospects is, where we all want to believe the best, but we all are also kind of confused. Not with Swayman. I think we're pretty high on Swayman, and maybe he's just not. I think, the, Lysel, I, think the, I think the Swayman one, and I'm guilty of it too, obviously. The Swayman point is the one where I really took issue with that. And also, to a lesser extent, even though I, I, I like both prospects, putting Brett Harrison, a guy who played two games last year, over Mason Lorai, the guy who won Defenseman of the Year in his junior league. Right, but we also don't know with Lorai because we haven't seen it against people his own age. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. This is so many question marks across all of our prospects, making them high ceiling, low floor guys, that the only time I saw him be wishy-washy about it was when he just doesn't fucking know. And I'm going to be honest, with some of these guys, I'm the same way. I'm sitting here going, I really like Swayman. I, I, that's a different category. But Lysel, man, inconsistency last year. We're not really sure if he has the attitude to like keep pushing himself in the higher leagues. Like These are things that come out about these guys. We just don't know. We want to believe, and to Thomas's point, we want to believe the positives. We want to believe that this is a good group of young guys that are going to break into the NHL. Trent Frederick was a first-round pick. We're Years later, we're like in the same draft that I believe we drafted McAvoy. McAvoy was 14th. Frederick was 29th, I believe. Mm-hmm. We, we, two years ago, we were like, Trent Frederick, man, the new Tom Wilson. Now we're like, ah, so I just, I think it's fair that he was wishy-washy on a couple of them because it's just saying he doesn't know and neither do we. No. I mean, just especially with somebody like Lizell, we don't know where he's going to play. My assumption is AHL. I think that's the best spot for him, but WHL is a possibility. And Mm -hmm. he may, by the end of the season, may even see a little bit of NHL time. We have no fucking clue about Mm -hmm. this dude. He has this incredible skill set and, uh, it, it remains to be seen. So I, I understand. And also, I think I made the point in our, uh, in our like text thread, this guy, an article like this is so hard to like really nail because you're doing so much with like, he's doing this with 32 teams. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of material to get in there. Like he's not going to nail every single fucking team. So I give him, I give him credit for trying uh, to do an article like this, but Articles like this just come out and it seems like they're almost put out to piss off fan bases, get them talking. And here we are. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It did. And I will say it's content farming. Yeah. No, it's content farming and it definitely, it definitely cuts the quality of it for sure. Yeah. By 100%. I will say the NHL remains, I think the most difficult sport to project NHL caliber guys, professional caliber guys. 100%. And so absolutely. where we're giving Pronman respect, it is due. I think it's also fair to say, yeah, this is hastily done on some of these teams. And we were one of them. We are a sensitive people, I think. <laughs> yes. Hockey fans, <laughs> sports fans in general. Did you see yeah. a, a baseball player gave a thumbs down? Oh, God. It's yeah. And rough. they had to have a players only a player. No, players and executives meeting telling them how bad that was. God, what a fun league. Oh my oh gosh. My God, Love man. baseball. All the fun. I'm just kidding. No, baseball is fun. Best po- well, second best postseason in sports. Eh. 
<laughs> I, I love I postseason baseball. It's so intense. It no, is it's, so it's, intense. it's definitely a step up from the regular season for sure. I'll, for sure. I'll definitely it, go with it that. Is. I feel like every postseason, like the only the only postseason I don't care about is the NBA. I'm sorry for anybody who listens to NBA or watch <laughs> watches the NBA, but it's just the one league that I just I can't get into. They did themselves no favors for the last decade. So I yeah. mean. Yeah, there, there's all sorts going on over there. Anyway, mm-hmm. what else do we have, boys? We've got plenty, man. Uh, we've already covered <laughs> Hurdle, but uh, there was an offer sheet that we asked for, and uh, we fucking got one. Yeah, we did. The Lord delivered. <laughs> <laughs> We're out on. I'm out on Saturday, and my phone went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I look at it, and I saw a Yesperi Coca Niemi. Hope I got that right. Don't do it. Stop <laughs> every time. Stop. <laughs> got an offer sheet from the Carolina Hurricanes. One year, six point one million dollars. Mm-hmm. If this offer sheet is accepted, he will make more millions than he scored goals last year. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the offer sheet? And then of Carolina basically going full heel for the next 24 hours about it from Tom Waddell on down. Waddell, his comments immediately, obviously you're, it's just dagger throwing and it was funny, Mm -hmm. but I did saw that, uh, Sarah Sylvian, uh, Sivian. She's great. God, she's great. She posted that she was trying to reach him for comment and he was at a fucking rodeo. So like there's so many different levels to this that make it hilarious and also incredibly stupid and frustrating as a, uh, if if you're coming from a hockey purist standpoint, but let's be honest guys, for the last couple of years, the Canes have not established themselves as quote unquote hockey purists. This is, this is a different age and this is a different marketing strategy that this team consistently puts out. And uh, to me, that's kind of what this seems like more than anything else. Um, don't let this hide the fact that the Canes had a fucking terrible, terrible off season. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, that was actually going to be one of my points. This, this just adds just a little bit of a shine. Yeah, just, they're spray painting a turd, basically. <laughs> they had a terrible off season and there's, that no matter what happens with this, which I I don't see Montreal actually matching it. I think I think he's gonna be in Carolina, and I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, like that's the, the greater point is to me again. I'm, this is also my hatred of Carolina in general. But <laughs> they, had a, they had a terrible off season, and as funny as this was for 24 hours, it got old real quick for me. And uh, their social media guy is probably a 16 year old kid who's got a fucking table full of bang energy drink and, uh, and just that's, shoved that's, his head in it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of what, that's kind of all I saw from it. It's actually me. They just put me in a room with a bunch of Coke. There's <laughs> yeah. just, just lines of Coke in front of me and be like, you're going to talk about the canes for the next half an hour on Twitter. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Hey, uh, can somebody get what on the phone? I need to know, <laughs> do I have permission to do an offer sheet? <laughs> so, I will say the level of petty is something that is almost aspirable. Mm-hmm. This has long-term storytelling. The $20 signing bonus, yeah. Sebastian Ajo's number. Waddell's statement being the same word for word as Mark Bergevin's when Ajo signed the offer sheet. 
announcing the signing on Twitter in French. <laughs> that was funny. That was That's, authentically yeah. funny. <laughs> that was legitimately, objectively hilarious. This is the kind of long-term storytelling that you beg for from modern WWE, and we get it in fucking NHL. Mm-hmm. For 24 hours, the NHL was kind of the, the well, Carolina Hurricanes basically were the toast of the town. It's brilliant. How many cock and yummy fucking jerseys do you think they sold the last, I don't know, 72 hours? But, I bet more than a few. <laughs> like, this is a bunch of jerks. This but, is what they do. Exactly. Here's the problem, though. Let's not lose sight. And Thomas, this was your point, and you, you, you nailed it. So I'm going to kind of expand upon it. They lowballed Dougie Hamilton for $100,000 more than the Coca Yemi offer sheet. They failed to give their promising young goaltender a bridge deal and ended up trading him for someone who isn't even on the team anymore. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. All this. <laughs> that's, all, while, that's all you have to say is just, just yeah. his name. <laughs> all this while offer sheeting for the pettiness and the memes, which still. Really good for the sport. This is the kind of personality that we've been begging for for years. But it is showing a little bit of a crack in the armor here because it's showing a front office that is Wild West. And maybe that the bunch of jerks moniker is something that matters more to this front office than anything else, which. Eh. I don't know if I like that as a, as, as, as a, did you just finish? Yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh my God. I, I wanted to take off my headphones. No, it was supposed to. Was, uh, what the hell? Let's try that again. <laughs> no, that's staying. What? God damn it. <laughs> eh. Wow. <laughs> it's a shit. And Thomas's face is just like, what the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys, you guys know more about me now than you ever wanted to, but it's a sign that this front office is maybe cares more about keeping the bunch of jerks moniker. And that doesn't really show good long-term health for that front office. In my opinion, it's great. It's entertaining, but there's more to it. Well, so, that, that, that right. There's a, a good point where, the team's not necessarily selling hockey to a good amount of those fans because there's a good amount of people who go to that arena who don't necessarily care about they're selling personality. Maybe you have to there's, do that. Yeah, they're, they're selling entertainment, and ultimately that's the business that they're in. But it's masquerading as a hockey team, and that that part frustrates me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I wanna, like I can't. Lie. As a former Whalers fan, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the hockey side of things with this real quick, if I can. Sure. What's actually really funny about this to me is that these are the two teams that you could argue have had the worst off season in the entire league. Yes. All things considered. But this was the proper way to use an offer sheet. And it was funny because uh, Bergevin failed so hard trying to do it a couple of years ago. Was it two years ago or a year ago? Two years. Two years. 2019. So it's funny because how poorly it was used and how effectively it's being used now because it's actually a decision to be made. The biggest issue with this to me is that the Habs might have tricked themselves into thinking that they are a contender with the past season and Bergevin because of the way the season went three quarters through the year 
we were talking about him getting fired. So he now goes into this season needing to keep his job looking at a roster that lost a lot of talent and did not bring a lot in. Carey Price is a year older. If they have tricked themselves into thinking that they're a contender, they match this thinking that Kakinyemi can take the next step. What they should do, in my opinion, is you let him go. I know you spent a third overall on the guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe he pans out really well. But a first and a third can probably get you a 2C for this year. Yep, Christian or, Dvorak. Yep. Maybe. Or you get to use it in a very deep draft. In The Hurricanes have not guaranteed. I still think they'll be a playoff team. I still think they'll be competitive in the playoffs. But they have not guaranteed shit through this next season because of their offseason. This is a really unique situation hockey-wise because I think – if the Habs have tricked themselves into thinking they are more than they are, they are potentially going to make a huge mistake here. Signing Kotkaniemi, he completely flounders. It, it, could get, it could get really bad in hindsight for them yep. two years down the road. So yep. let me get your opinion on something as we move this conversation, not away from the Habs exactly, but away from the offer sheet. Hmm. The, if you're a Habs fan, what a fun year the season was. It was stressful. But you weren't expected to be good, and then you came out super hot, and then I forget who it was on Twitter, Chris John- Johnson? Johnson, Chris Johnson. Johnson called you a juggernaut and cursed you, and then that turned into an NFT tweet, whatever that means. I don't know, he sold it or something. Uh, and <laughs> Get then your bag, buddy. You guys flounder. You barely make the playoffs, not barely points-wise, but you limp into the playoffs, go down 3-1 in the first series, end up beating Toronto in Toronto Game 7, sweeping the Jets, crushing Vegas. I kind of feel like it was an ass-kicking in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Vegas was beating themselves up and down. The flurry goal, everything, just awful. And then you get actually crushed by a real juggernaut in the finals. If the Bruins had that season in 2004, 2006, we would, as Bruins fans, would be like, that was amazing. What a fun fucking season. We went to the finals. Haven't sniffed that in a while. Mm-hmm. It would be a bummer you didn't win the cup, but you still had so much fun, right? That's what it's about. It's fun. And then the offseason starts. Logan Mayu. Oof, that one. Okay, that kind of sucks. Probably shouldn't have done that, but we still feel good. And then free agency. Weber, done for good. Deneau, gone. Tatar, gone. Perry, who you didn't think would be a big loss, but was really important to you last year, yeah. gone. What do we add? A struggling Hoffman and a struggling Savard. Boom. Offer sheet for Kakanyemi. The whole fan base is in shreds. All of that good fun. Gone. Like, how disappointing is a hockey fan of that team? You went from really having a good time, even though you lost the finals, to your whole offseason just kicking you in the nuts over and over again. It's like going to Disneyland and coming home and the dog shit all over the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, so the dog broke the TV. It <laughs> ripped up the cords that went yeah. to the AC. Well, that was, your, like, that was your fault for letting Bergevin watch the fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair. I just, it was such, when all of this came out, I sat there and went, what a fucking year for Habs fans. You had the entire nation, too, rooting for you almost. Obviously, there were pockets that weren't, but everyone was like, fuck Tampa. You know what? Let's go Habs. I wasn't one of them, but a lot of people were. And now we're, everyone's laughing at you. Brutal year. Brutal. I mean, it's, it's all, all the goodwill towards that team. Yeah, all, all the goodwill from that team 
like kind of got rubbed off immediately when they were doing what they were doing in the first round of the draft. Yeah. I feel like the, the wind out of the sails was immediate. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree with that. I don't want to sit here and fucking feel bad for Habs fans. Like that's not really in my DNA, but (laughs) I just find it funny. No, I completely, I (laughs) honestly, I completely under like understand what you're saying. And man, if it happened to our fan base, I, I guess, for example, 2019, excellent season ended terribly. If we had like the worst possible offseason after that and we missed the playoffs because newsflash, Montreal is not fucking even going to sniff the playoffs. Not in that Atlantic, at least. Nah, Maybe throw them no in the way. West and they might. And Ian, I, I, hearing that takedown just laid out like that, man, thank you. That made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> All the Bruins fans are like, wow, this is great. This is an awesome podcast. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rate us five stars on Apple. Five stars. <laughs> five stars. I have a question. Yes. On the itinerary, Ian added, does this league have a bully? Does it need one? Now, are you talking about general manager or are you talking about a player? Because I, obviously you have an idea of something you want to talk about on this. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw it right to you, but were we talking about general manager on this? Yeah, we're talking about front office in general. And I mean, the easiest, quickest answer is like, well, has Waddell become an actual bully or is this an isolated event? And I'm looking around the league and I really don't know the answer to this question. I just kind of, it kind of popped up to me and went, well, obviously in, in football, there's a couple teams like that you just get sick of winning. Right. And actually kind of ended up just being Tom Brady, wherever he goes, you're just like, man, yeah. don't want that team to win. <laughs> if uh, it's Waddell, if we have any former Thrasher's fans that are listening, if it's Waddell, they must be with their ha- hair in their hands going, where was this? <laughs> right. I just, I don't know. The Blackhawks organization as a whole, you could be like a bunch of assholes, right? Not a bunch of jerks, but a bunch of assholes. Tampa just continues to beat everybody. I mean, there's that. I don't know He's if there's actually a goalie, though. Calculating lawyer. But sometimes that's what it is. That sometimes that's the bully is the guy who's just smarter than everybody else in the room and doesn't act like it. He just takes advantage of it. That would be Tampa, I think. Yeah, that I would guess be Tampa. so. To a lesser extent, that would also be a Joe Sackick. Explain. There was a time where... Well, maybe the shines off that apple a little bit, but there was a time where whenever Joe Sackett called you, the, the meme was hang up because he would fleece you on every trade. The, the Darcy Kemper trade kind of killed that mystique a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Sackick for a while. Maybe it's not so much anymore. I would don't you- know. That was just kind of a live stream of consciousness just now. <laughs> Maybe would you consider Kelly McCrimmon over at the uh, Vegas? No, it was McPhee. Once McCrimmon took over for McPhee, that that's gone. Even with the the signings this past couple of years and nah. the Petrangelo signing, nah. you know, I think like I, I think McPhee. I think it was McPhee. McPhee had his moment, had his Bond villain moment during the you know you can negotiate this out of, out of this if you wish. Well, he did it correctly, I guess is what you're saying. Uh, That's correct, yes. <laughs> looking at you, Francis. He, he, shook, he, shook all, he shook every single team down like they're uh, fucking supposed to. Ron? Do you, do you think, do you think <laughs> the fee's sitting there laughing like, I ruined it for Ron? 
there's no way he could have come after me no, and done it well. <laughs> no, just the opposite. He's probably like, Ron, what are you doing? I gave you the blueprint. I don't know. I, maybe teams are so scared. I don't know. We, we don't have to have that conversation again, but yeah, I just, I, I'm curious what you guys' takes were on, on front offices. You hate, you hate hearing that the Bruins are on the phone with who? I think it used to be Sackick. Maybe I, if Iserman was still on the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think it would be him firmly. I'm still afraid of Iserman. I don't. Anytime I see that name pop up, I'm like, just don't include the Bruins right now. Well, right <laughs> now, know. right now we're all rooting for the Iser plan, so I don't think that's a villain. Yeah, I don't know about rooting for. Like, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not actively rooting for Detroit to start treating <laughs> us like Tampa's been treating us the past couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> eh. I think the league's better when Detroit's relevant. Yeah, I've, I've, there's yes. no question about that. But, um, man, that's a really good question, Ian. It's a tough one. I wouldn't consider Wadella in there. Well, mm. I mean, if you're uh, uh, speaking from Thomas's perspective, you probably think Wadella's more of a tantrum kind of guy rather yeah. than a bully. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. As a segue, what about Lou Lamarillo? He's just a mob boss. Yeah, that counts as a bully. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, but he he doesn't bully people. He just stares at them until he gives them what they want. His team <laughs> fucking does. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, good segue. The new signings. We 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 talk a lot about the Islanders because they're good, and they're in the same conference as us. So the New York Islanders just signed four players, four of their own. Um. Which contract do you guys want to start with? Do you want to start with the good one and just sort of go down the line from good to meh to nuh? Yeah, let's do the easy ones first. Okay, Anthony Bavillier, four years, 4.15 AAV. I think it's a perfect deal. Perfect deal. Solid young middle six winger. Yep. Was it four years or three? Hold on. It was, it was three for four. Three for four, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah three uh, years for 4.15. Perfect deal. I've got really nothing to say about it. Yeah, I like it. Yep. Okay. Ilya Sorokin, three years, four million. Uh, eh? <laughs> worried because he hasn't really done all that much. I think he's been fine. And I, he does have a little bit of injury history too, I think. Just a little bit. Uh, but I'm not worried about the team because of that deal. Four million is maybe a little bit higher than... For a backup goalie, it is a little yeah. bit, but yeah. But he's he's he knows what his role is going to be, and I don't see... I don't see that becoming a bad deal. It's um, not handcuffing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so I don't know if I would have wanted to pay him that much if he if it was a Bruins deal, but now yeah. we get into the interesting ones. Kyle By Palmer. interesting you mean fucking terrible deals. Yeah, I hate both of these. I hate interesting. Them. I hate them. I love them as Bruins fans. It's the same. No, love I love this particular one even more as a Bruins fan. Kyle Palmieri. Why? He lights us up. He no. fucking always scores against us. He does, but he just taken as a whole, four years, $5 million. The cliff he's is coming for this dude. It like, already came. He it's, he's already not that good. The one thing he does really well is sit in front of the net, which I wish we had, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to say we had it in Nick Ritchie, fuck off. No, we didn't. <laughs> fuck off. I will not hear Nick that. Ritchie, Nick Ritchie sat in front of the net and ate fucking Lay's potato chips, like, and just deflected goals off his ass. Yeah, which Kyle was Palmieri fun. Is at least, was at least has better hands than that. But 
Kyle Palmieri is making one million less than Taylor Hall. It's crazy. Blessed so franchise. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's not even we're blessed. I mean, we are blessed, but that is a. I just where is the the thought process? He's only thirty, I guess you could say. He's like a very he's, old. 30. Yeah, he's, he does. He's, he's definitely an aged, worn thirty for yeah. sure. Because he and plays to, that role. Yeah, of, in front of the net. But New Jersey would age anybody. Fair. Taylor Hall. Yeah. <laughs> he got out. He, well, he 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 got out with his youth somewhat intact, and then he went to Buffalo, and that was killed. If it was a one-year, five million dollar deal, I'd be like, fine, yep. fine, sure, exactly. two years. But the yeah. second you got over three, and they have twenty dollars or twenty dollars. I'm still <laughs> uh-huh. stuck. I'm still stuck on the signing <laughs> bonus. <laughs> they have twenty million dollars locked up with Paul Mary. He's going to be thirty-four at the end of it. It's going to be a very old thirty-four. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand buy how they make Canada? this deal. I mean, next year, buyout yeah. Canada. <laughs> Wow. Literally, yeah. I, I think next off season that team is talking about how, unless he has a big postseason again, I think that team is talking about like what the fuck we need to move on from this immediately. We mm-hmm. fucked up. Well, I had that 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 garnered more discussion than I thought it would. But yeah. here's the one that's garnered the most discussion: Casey Zizekas, six years, two point five. Million dollar AAV. Um, Thomas, you're shaking your head, so you have a strong feeling about it. So you go first. The only possible explanation that I would buy, and I still won't buy it because I don't think he's this type of player, is they are banking on him so hard to have. They must, they they have convinced themselves that $2.5 million is a steal for him. And they, they don't want to see him leave. Like, this is not a Pasternak type thing where you get low value of X amount of years and towards the end of that contract or really at the point we are with Pasta's contract where we're just like, wow, what an incredible value. That's not fucking possible with this player. It's just not. I don't understand the term. Even the AAV, I just, 2.5 for a fourth line player is a lot of money. It's just a lot of money. And I mean, oh, again, oh, this is a small contract. no. No, that that's money that you miss later on where you're sitting there three years from now, you're going to be sitting there going, God, I really wish we had a couple more million off the top. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look at how we feel about John Moore right now. It's, it's killing us. And all he makes is 2.5. And we just hate seeing that contract. Mm-hmm. This is a bad deal. And Andrew, you mentioned earlier when we were privately talking about it, you mentioned that well, it kept the, the amount of years kept the AAV down, right? Yes. But he's not I, a $4 million player. He's not, but he's also the best at what he does. He has the best, potentially the best fourth liner in the game. Sure. He is the best at what he does. And here's why I don't hate it. It's a win now move. You are buying the discount now to make room now because your window's open now. This is a credit card contract. Paying for the years now, you're going to pay. You're 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 buying the years now, and you're going to get charged. You're going to get charged later. I don't hate it because when you get to year three, year four, you can bury the deal. It's two point six years is a lot. Yeah, I mean, we fucking torched the New York Rangers when they signed Barclay Goodrow to six years. 
and rightfully so. Barclay Goudreau is good at what he does. Casey Sezikis is the best at what he does for less money. I need, I need to push back on two things here. Okay. One is his ceiling Don't was 2.5 million. Sensitive. <laughs> his ceiling was 2.5 million. So the buying uh, the extra years to me is just, I just, the credit card doesn't work for me because I'm not paying that guy over 2.5, even if it's two years. Like, I'm just not doing it. Also, his minor salary is still 2.5 through the whole six. Mm-hmm. You can't bury it. Mm-hmm. That changes things, doesn't it? A little bit. A little bit, but I still don't, I, I, I still don't hate it if your window is too, if, you're, if your window is now. The window is now, and it becomes an argument of, this is a glue guy who we feel is very, very important, and banners hang forever. I feel like this guy can be one of the keys to winning the cup. I just, uh, the win now mentality, but giving him a six year deal is just seems you're not winning in six years. You know what I mean? Like a six year, but you're banking that you're going to be winning in two. That's totally fine. But Andrew, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I'm not a fan of any hockey deal. That's above five years. A hockey deal that's five you, years is the equivalent of like a system in that. Yes. Yeah, a, a hockey deal for five years is the equivalent of like giving up a, a fucking major league baseball pitcher, a 12 year contract. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's what that is to me. It's, it's too fucking long. Five, six years is fucking insane. That's a great take because you're proven right over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like I'm, it's, it's not wrong. What five or six year deal is going to look that good at the end. I don't care that it's only $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. It is a fourth line guy. So wait a second. Hmm. You're telling me by this logic that you just said five years, that's as long as you'll go. You wouldn't have signed Weber to a 14 year contract. What? <laughs> <laughs> that now is I would potentially going to cost and you know Nashville what? $25 million yes. next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Cap recapture. Cap recapture might be a real case for Nashville for the next six years. Yeah. Oh my God. And Montreal too. Or wait, or does barely, barely Montreal. A little bit, but not as bad. What a wild Nashville signed the contract, so they get the penalties. Yeah. Yeah, they got penalty and they got penalized the next year. The CBA was like, you can't do that. We're now going to hindsight the fuck out of this. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be like, well, starting from now, it's not allowed. I don't know. That, it was a, that was a weird take to me. Yeah. Fort- I mean, it's 14 years okay. is obviously like way above. And I'm yes. not saying that this just, is yeah. the rule of five or six years is, is like that across the board. There are certain players that can get that exception, but not a fourth line center. McAvoy can get that exception. Let's give him eight, nine years. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But he's a The first rule player. about rules is that there is an exception to every rule. Absolutely. But McAvoy isn't a, a, th- a third pairing D. No. You know what I mean? Like you don't give that kind of fucking deal to somebody who's not your top of the line player. Yeah. Period. So th- for that right there, the second I saw the term, it was just laughable. And mm-hmm. and again, it's another franchise where it's I'm not afraid to watch something terrible happen for them and not take pleasure in it. Like <laughs> I think in the island, but I think in the Islanders' case, and we've talked about this before, it's the banners hang forever parable. Yeah, like obviously they value Casey Zizekas as the glue guy that's going to hold that bottom six together. Yeah, so you know it's it's banners hang forever, but it seems a little bit desperate because the last time they hung a banner was the year I was born. 
Did so, you hear about? But did you hear about the rumor that Seattle offered five for three years? Five million. Mm-hmm. Okay, but th- that that right there says win now to me more than you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's also an asinine fucking contract to offer somebody like that now that they're going. And don't back. get it twisted. We like Sezikis as a player. He's a mm-hmm. pain in the ass. And like I said, he's really good at what he does. Yeah. I still uh, don't think it's an awful contract, but I still don't think it's an awful it's 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 I don't think it's an awful contract for what its purpose is intended for. But you guys but six years is six years is bad. Like I, I even said at the beginning of this, six years is six years sucks. <laughs> But yeah, I, I hate the contract. I just hate it. I don't. I don't think this team is good enough to win a cup in the next. I mean, they've been to the conference finals twice in in two years. I think they're good. I, I still find expectations every time. So it's yeah. you know at this point it's do that at your own peril. Mm-hmm. I will correct something that I just said though. Apparently, the 2020 CBA has changed those recapture penalties. So instead of a 24.5 million dollar recapture penalty in 2025 on Nashville if Shea Weber retires. It's now just 7.8 because it can't go over his max value okay. over way more years. <laughs> so now into like 2030, they're fucking Oh my God. Are, are we going to have a Bobby Bonilla situation? Oh, it's going to be bad. We'll see what happens though. He hasn't retired yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to. He's, he's going to do the Chris Pronger Marks of Art thing where you, know, yeah, you just put just... him on LTIR for the rest of his life. Yeah. The rest of his natural life. <laughs> Poor guy. What a great player he was too. It's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Okay, so we hate that deal. We really like, or we, we are good with Bevelier. We're fine with Sorokin, and we hate Paul Mary's deal. That's, that's about sums it up. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we put a bow on this episode, uh, we put up on our, uh, our Twitter, which is at ShortShiftPod. Uh, we put a poll up. By the end of the 2000, or 2000, yeah, 2021-2022 season, the Boston Bruins standings will look like and then the four options were over 110 points, between 100 and 109 points, in the 90s, or below the 90s. Uh, the poll went with 100 to 109 points, which is obviously making the playoffs, arguably a, a second-place finish in a division, maybe a wild-card type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on, on our division, because it, be, it, it could take 110 points just to just to crack first or second place in this division. Yeah. The standard for making the playoffs usually sits at 95. Yep. That's usually the standard. I have a really hard time predicting this season because the West is so weak and we're going to get our games against them, but you've got two good teams in the West and then everybody else. Yep. Two teams. Uh, And then the East has so much who we get more games against has so much talent in it. I am leaning toward the 90 to 99 points with a barely squeaking into the playoffs. You're thinking wild card there? Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. So I don't know. Are, I, I don't are, know if 99 point or anything between like 95, 99 is going to be enough even. Yeah, this, I agree. Because the East is so fucking stacked. Like, I feel like you have to win 105 po- or get 105 points if, if you even want to sniff it. But so maybe. We, Oof. So, Ian, we got you in sort of the. Um, the pessimistic side of when you between when you wake up and when you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, basically. I just I see this team being in the mix. We're not going to get left behind, 
or maybe by the top team of the Atlantic, uh, whoever that ends up being. Because when I was talking about who the best teams were, I really meant for playoffs. I, I, I don't, the regular season's a regular season, man. Things get weird. Point totals don't tell you who the best team is. That's why I think there should be some amendments to the playoffs, uh, how that's situated and how who plays who was decided. But I do think the Bruins are going to have their issues on the back end at times. Goaltenders might lose us a game or two at times. I could see us in the high 90s in points. And I, to, to Thomas's point, I don't know about 105 being the, the bottom, but I do think that's a really close bet of maybe in the Atlantic and the wild card, even over in the Metro, they're sitting at 100, 101 points. Mm-hmm. I think that's very possible. Yep. I, th- I mean, it's the Atlantic is just going to beat up on the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, if there's, gonna be, if there's parody in the league, of each other. yeah, if there's parody in, in, in the league, then we could be in good shape with around a hundred points, but I'll tell you what this year, more than most, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah. And we know the Bruins struggle with that at times. Yeah. We'll beat teams that are at our level. But then when it comes to the New Jersey devils last year, you drop in game after game and you go, guys, we need these points. Not for nothing, but Jay Fresh has a uh, analytics converter for f- based on past performances from the from free agent signings and such, and has the Bruins fourth one point behind the Florida Panthers. Yeah, he also has Philly winning the Metro. So, yeah, yeah. He Philly, <laughs> yeah he, that is true. He has Philly winning the he has Philly winning the Metro, and then the Rangers tying them. So, so I, I guess grain of salt, but I guess that's one that's one way you can look at it. True. What do you think, Andrew? I'm thinking I'm thinking lower end of a hundred. Okay. Um, like I said, I believe that they'll finish in third. But like I said at the beginning, the divisions so tightly packed that I don't know it, it's it's gonna that is gonna be a dogfight. It's gonna be an absolute dogfight. And I really don't want don't want to give the Leafs any credit. Show me show me something. And But they'll I be think, great in the regular season. They'll be great in the regular season. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they do. We'll, we'll be <laughs> shit. <laughs> but I, it, it's 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 going to be any combination of the Lightning, the Leafs, the Panthers, and the and the Bruins, and then the Habs will be an incredibly distant fifth. So, do you think there's any chance for any four of those to make some noise? Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Any chance for any of them to to sniff the playoffs? I'm going to just they'll, say they, no. they, they, they'll <laughs> sniff it in the same way that. You know, you can be a twelve city blocks from a restaurant and sometimes smell the fry oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, no, I actually think the best team out of the four is going to be Ottawa. Yeah, I was going to say Ottawa oh, has the, the best. Four? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to sniff the playoffs, but they do have the ability and the to, in at least some level of the skill level to possibly be spoilers down the end. They're yeah. going to be fun. Kind of fun. They're going to they be are. Up. a lot of fun to watch. I said this in one of my past videos. Low quality Bruins fan on YouTube nailed it. Uh, <laughs> no, you forgot. Ottawa like, call, like is, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Ottawa is worth watching this year. They're going to be really fun to watch. Really fun. Yep. 
what did you, how did you put it? Uh, every it, every game's gonna be really fun because you're gonna have Matt Murray Matt Murray letting in fun. Yes, that's fair. All right, that's a good point. I did say that. That is a quote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Thomas, Ottawa's what was your gonna, take? That I that they were gonna be right just over a hundred points. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. like I'm thinking like 103, and I'm hoping that's enough for a decent seeding. But again, like this, the seeding in the playoffs for for the East is it's a fucking toss up because there's so much depth and so fucking so much talent at the top of that fucking conference. Yeah, that I don't. It, care. it almost doesn't matter if we're playing if we're playing like the second seed or we're playing the sixth seed. We may be playing a better team in the sixth seed. Like you have no fucking clue because the playoffs are a coin totally flip to begin. Totally agree. Yeah, I sometimes I wish Boston was on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not with those ten o'clock start times, man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Just being in Nashville, being in Nashville, and watching like getting that extra hour, mm-hmm. like see six o'clock puck drops or or noon football games and shit like that. Like it was a total mind fuck. But yeah, I don't. I there are teams on the West Coast that I want to be watching that I just don't get to. You just don't get to watch them. Right? Yeah. It's not, it's insane. Not, not so much this year. Maybe the Avalanche in Vegas, but other than that, uh, Seattle. You you got to watch some Seattle. Dallas, I guess. Dallas, maybe I guess. Real quick, yeah. uh, Ian. We were talking. Who's your third best team in the West? It's Seattle. Shut. It is the actual fuck up. I just look at the teams of the West. What do you want from me? I'm not high on Winnipeg. I don't like the blues predators are a mixed bag to me. Dallas, maybe you'll be in the conversation. The wild might be in the conversation. The Oilers might be in the conversation, but Seattle's right there with them. Did you just say the predators are a mixed bag. Maybe the, the bag is filled with vomit. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But the other half is shit. So like, it's a mixed I think, bag. I think you <laughs> vomit might be or shit. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got Dallas at least in the mix though. I yes, think Dallas, I Dallas has the ability to be a decent team. But I think the Kraken are in that tier of right below, not right below, way below the Avs and the Knights. They're going to have to rely on winning every game two to one. That defense is great, but that 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 front 12 is bad. Mm-hmm. That front I mean, 12 is really bad. I would uh, love to see the Kraken be at least competitive because I think that's good for the league and get that fan base immediately into it. But I do not want to fucking see another situation like we saw with Vegas a couple years ago where they just come in and start fucking dominating and all that bullshit. I don't think it's possible with their, their roster, obviously, but like I want them to be competitive and play good hockey and stuff like that. But uh, I am, I'm looking forward to the first nationally televised game from, from whatever the, what is it? Climate Climate pledge Pledge arena. Um, I, I think that's going to be so much fun to watch just as a hockey fan. Ruckus. Yeah. The Tree Hugger Center. That's right. All right, folks. We are out of topics and out of time. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate everybody's interactions and uh, love it. making this show what it's, what it's becoming, honestly. Uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, on to season two. I'm excited. Not quite as excited as Andrew was earlier in the show, though. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Later. Later. Inside my head.